Hello everyone, this is James Lindsay welcoming you to another episode of New Discourses Bullets, where I break down a single topic from this kind of woke Marxist movement that you maybe are running into, try to help you understand it, and try to do so in a quick and concise bullet point format. Today we're going to talk about reality. As a matter of fact, the Marxists use, whether that's old school Marxists or whether that's neo-Marxists or whether that's woke Marxists of today, use the word realities probably more than anybody in the entire universe. They're always talking about the reality of this, reality of that, the realities that they live, the lived realities that tie to their lived experience. They speak from their lived experience of their lived realities, and then we all have to shut up and listen to their lived experience-based lived realities that they're always talking about. And this isn't just like a little quirk. It turns out this is intrinsic to the Marxist philosophy. So I kind of want to give you a little bit of an explanation for why they're always talking about reality. To give you some idea, I'm, I'm currently doing a, a podcast series on the New Discourses podcast where I'm reading through a, a Marxist educator's, uh, Paulo Ferreri, his book, The Politics of Education from 1985. I'm reading through this book in the word reality or realities in the plural appears in the book 304 times. This is an absurd amount of times. The book is not terribly long, but he references reality or realities 304 times in this book. So Marxists talk about reality all the time. And the question is why, when it's so clear that what they're actually generating is a pseudo reality. Of course, the maxim we all have to remember is that the iron law of woke projection never misses. So the people, as I've discussed on the New Discourses podcast and elsewhere repeatedly, the people who are claiming to be talking about reality, if they're Marxists, are projecting. They are talking about pseudo-reality, a false reality that they construct out of language that they use to manipulate circumstances. And then they say that they're talking about reality and everybody else is talking about a false reality that they understand in false consciousness. So they don't understand the real nature of the real conditions, whether those are material conditions, cultural conditions, or structural conditions that they live in. And this is because Marxist theory believes itself to be the only scientific study of real reality, of the real conditions of people's lives. Marx was unabashed about this. He made it very clear. He had the true scientific study of history. History is the unfolding of the relations of man between one another. And he had the only scientific, so he believed, study of history, possibly excluding Hegel, his, uh, his, his philosophical forebear, whom he said had been too mystical. So he believed to, uh, in, in having become very materialistic in his approach, that he had the only true actual scientific study of history, which means of the conditions of men, which means of real reality. So the only real reality for Marxists, whether they're the old school Marxists or whether they're the newest woke Marxists on the block, is social reality. And social reality is understood because of Marx as a materialistic reality. Because material conditions, this is sociological materialism, not atheist physical materialism, not denying the spiritual, although he did that as well and makes a point that it's very important to pay attention to. This is the idea that the, the sociological or actually for him mostly economic conditions produce the, uh, the social conditions and relations of your life. Those are the lived realities of your life. And if you are oppressed by those then you understand why they're a problem. And if you benefit from those, you're probably blind to that fact and want to keep it going. That's kind of a Marxist theory in a nutshell. 
Marx also believed that the material conditions, the real realities, the social reality between men can be transformed by envisioning another reality, such as for him, communism. Later, this became liberation. Sometimes it gets transformed just straight into utopia. Envisioning an alternative reality, a new reality, they use this phrase frequently as well, a new reality. Uh, whether it's Paulo Freire, who I just mentioned, whether it's Herbert Marcuse, the leading neo-Marxist of the 1960s, they're always talking about the construction of a new reality. And then what do you do? You do the work. That's the phrase to make that reality actual. This is the Marxist religion. The catechism of the Marxist religion is do the work. And the work is to humanize reality, humanize society, humanize the world, humanize yourself, humanize other people. So in other words, Marxist theorists talk about reality all the time because they think they're the only people on earth who know what reality really is and how it works and how you can transform or change it. Transform is a Marxist watchword, by the way. That is, Marxists are the only people who believe about themselves that they not only know what reality really is, but also who know what ought to be done about it. So they take a hold of both the is and the ought of the is-ought distinction from Hume. You can actually read this directly in Marx. If we turn to his economic and philosophic manuscript from 1844, he writes, This material, immediately perceptible private property, is the material perceptible expression of estranged human life. Its movement, production, and consumption is the perceptible revelation of the movement of all production until now. That is the realization of the reality of man. Religion, family, state, law, morality, science, art, etc. are only particular modes of production and fall under its general law. The positive transcendence of private property as the appropriation of human life is therefore the positive transcendence of all estrangement. That is to say, the return of man from religion, family, state, etc. to his human, that is, social, existence. Religious estrangement, as such, occurs only in the realm of consciousness, of man's inner life. But economic estrangement is that of real life. Its transcendence, therefore, embraces both aspects. It is evident that the initial stage of the movement amongst the various peoples depend, sorry, depends upon whether the true recognized life of the people manifests itself more in consciousness or in the external world, is more ideal or real. Communism begins from the outset with atheism, but atheism is at first far from being communism. Indeed, the atheism is still mostly an abstraction. The philanthropy of atheism is therefore at first only philosophical abstract philanthropy, and that of communism is at once real and directly bent on action. And this action part is actually integral to the Marxist conception of reality. Reality is not that which is, it is that which can be made to become in the world. And you can read that directly on the Marxist.org website where they have a glossary and you can look up the term for reality as Marxists define it for themselves. And they write in philosophical terminology, reality does not, and that's an italic, so emphatically, reality does not indicate materiality as opposed to thought. Mental phenomena are as real as material things. But rather, uh, is to do with, excuse me, but rather is to do with something moving from possibility to actuality. In dialectics, 
Reality is a synonym for actuality. And if you go read Hegel, who laid out the dialectical thought that's being referenced here on actuality, what he talks about is it is the manifestation of that which is possible. So actuality is taking something that's abstract and possible, bringing it into reality and making it concrete in reality. That's his dialectical frame. You imagine what's possible, you hit it with the negation of the challenges of the world, you problematize that abstract form, and you make it concrete in the world. And so what Marx is actually talking about in that last part, that communism is at once, the philanthropy of communism is at once real and directly bent on action, is, is, is appealing to this. That reality is that which you suffer with because it's the fruit of the resulting uh, social relations created by the material or structural or cultural conditions you find yourself in. And then if you take action, if you do the work, then you can transform reality into a new actuality that is only possible now, but is not yet manifest. And that's the call to action or the catechism of the Marxist faith. Now, we turn back to Paulo Freire to get this, and you, you hear the same thing. So Marx wrote that in 1844. Paulo Freire wrote this in 1985. So 1844, I'm sorry, to 1985 is a, quite a stretch of time. It's over 150 years. And in the politics of education, we hear this exact same theme, though. Here, just from one of the 300-some-odd times that it appears in the book, he says, in the practice that we defend, meaning his Marxist education practice, in the practice that we defend, generative words, people's words, are used in realistic problem situations, codifications, as challenges that call for answers from the illiterate learners. To problematize the word that comes from people means to problematize the thematic element to which it refers. This necessarily involves an analysis of reality. And reality reveals itself when we go beyond the purely sensible knowledge to the reasons behind the factors. Illiterate learners gradually begin to appreciate that as human beings, to speak is not the same as to utter a word. So reality reveals itself when we go beyond purely sensible knowledge to the reasons behind the factors. But that is, in fact, doing a Marxist analysis that says, there are these social relations that are created by these material or cultural or structural conditions. These are the true nature of reality, and the true thing to do with reality is to recognize this, to become critically conscious to it, and to transform it. In other words, Marxist theorists talk about reality all the time because they think they're the only people who know what reality really is. That is, they're the only people who not only know what reality is, but also know what ought to be done about it, and thus they are justified in seizing the means of production, whether those are material, cultural, or structural means of production of society. Ultimately, this whole lived experience thing is an appeal to that. The lived experience of living in these realities means the, this is a big word, phenomenological, which is Hegelian interpretation of the lived conditions that you find yourself in. In other words, it is when Freire talks about that codification thing. What it means is that you take the conditions that you find yourself in, you abstract from them, you make problematization of them, you problematize or make negative those things, you point out all the problems with it, and then you make it concrete by bringing yourself back into it, by seeing yourself in that situation. And that is the educational program, the codification, problematization, decodification process that Freire's uh, method is based upon. But we hear it from Marx, 
We see it in Hegel. And the whole idea is that which is real is the set of social conditions and the factors that they believe cause those, that Marxist analysis says causes those social relations, and what can be done to transform the possible into the actual, including communism, liberation, and utopia. So why do they talk about reality all the time? Because they think they're the only people who know what reality is, and the only people who therefore can ascertain its true nature, and the only people therefore who can take it to a better, ideal, literally utopian future. That's why Marxists talk about reality all the time. And so when they say the word reality, you have to be very cautious because they mean something very different than what you think. What they mean by reality is the Marxist interpretation of the conditions that people find themselves in. In other words, the agitations into a uh, stratified conflict theory that will cause division, that will tear societies apart, and that will ultimately allow them to seize power and run everything into the ground. <laughs>